This episode of the What If Podcast is brought to you in part by Button Poetry, where poetry isn't dead. As the premier place online for live performance videos of spoken word and slam poetry, Button Poetry won't bore you like your high school English textbooks did. Find real stories you'll want to listen to and art you'll actually care about by visiting them today at buttonpoetry.com. Hey, everybody, before we get started today, we just wanted to say one more thank you to everybody uh, who's been listening. Uh, Damn, there's more of you every week, and we can't thank you guys enough for doing that. Um, Thank you all for supporting. If you want to support us just a tiny bit more, we've got a few pretty easy ways to do that. Uh, Spencer, what's one way people can give us a little love? Uh, we really need a few more responses on that survey at whatifpodcast.com slash survey. Yeah. And we promise we'll stop bugging you about that soon. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, whatifpodcast.com slash survey, or if you scroll down a little bit in the notes, there's a link that you can just click on, and it'll take you maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. Also, if you're listening in the uh, podcast app on iTunes or on uh, iOS, or if you're listening directly in iTunes, a rating and a review helps us a ton. And, oh, lastly, we are on Patreon. Yes. And as of uh, this morning, there's some new stuff on you on Patreon for you. Yeah, we've got like two videos, two bonus episodes. We've got um, pictures and YouTube playlists. There's a bunch of stuff on our Patreon. Um, yeah, we try and put up some cool uh, exclusive shit every week for our patrons. So go check us out at uh, patreon.com slash whatifpodcast. Thank you guys for doing any and all of those things. We love you very much, and we're going to have a fun episode today. Uh, let's get it. Oh, here come that bullshit. Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. I didn't have time today, but I really wanted to make some uh, remixes or covers of some Venga Boys songs. Why? So I could play them, play them whenever I talked about Baba Vanga. Baba Vanga? Yeah. Who is Baba Vanga? Oh, we're going to get there. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Uh, hey, you, hi. You, hello. Hello. It's a podcast. This is the one With Ryan podcast. and Spencer and Conrad. Hey. Con- Conrad, what's happening? Hey. Conrad, get closer to your microphone. Hey. Hey. hey it's lit. <laughs> the homie Conrad's in the building. What's up, Conrad? What's up, guys? How are you, man? I'm doing good. Thanks good. for having me. Yeah, dude. Thanks for being here. We actually, uh, I, I wanted to make a mashup. I, I shouldn't. I'm, I was gonna play it off my computer into the microphone, but that's gonna sound terrible. So I'm gonna not do that. But I did. I did pull a couple Miss Cleo sounders. Uh, oh wow! Which I was hoping we could work in today. We're asking, uh, what if you could predict the future? And yeah. um, dude, uh, our fun, childhood. Fun fact: the uh, the Miss Cleo episode about remote viewing. Oh yeah, second most hated episode of all time of the What If podcast. <laughs> it still only has like fourteen downloads. You guys love so many of these episodes, but if you just didn't uh, didn't strike a chord, don't worry about that one. You know? me now. <laughs> I just want to. I, I feel like I feel like from now on, every time we drop the phone number for the podcast or anything, we should just like drop a Miss Cleo. We haven't done now. that in a while. Do we have a Skype still? Is that no, a thing? we haven't. Um, nah, well, fuck it. Let's let's not read the number in case we don't. But I'm like 99 percent sure we do. If you call the phone number from the old episodes, uh, it it still is a thing. Or you can just call Ryan directly at six one two eight zero two. Sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh. 
Do you guys get a bunch of people calling that number? Is that like a thing? Shit, I haven't looked in. Yeah, I haven't actually. (laughs) What is it? Just like an answering machine, or it's a a Skype? It's a Skype business. We get a lot more emails. Hi at whatifpodcast.com. If you wanna, if you wanna email me now, (laughs) uh, you can you can do it through there. Um, But oh wow, that went right into the feed. Hell yeah, dude! That's what happens when you start up Skype. We have Um, a we have a missed call. uh Oh. From yep. June twenty sixth, no. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I guess <laughs> if you left us cool voicemails, I forgot we had Skype. I guess that's evidence that we haven't checked in a while. All right. Well, forget the phone number. Um, but but do email us now. But do email us I'm now. I'm not going to do a hideous Jamaican accent. I did. Already did it. Like our insensitive friend to my left owned it. Um, but we are talking about predicting the future, which is something that Miss Cleo claimed she could do. Yeah, it didn't work for her. Whether or not you believe that. Um. Turns out it was a scam. Turns out. Didn't she die? I think she died. She died. Did she die? Did she go to jail and then die? Oh, I don't know. She went to jail? I thought she went to jail for scamming people out of a bunch of money. What happened to Miss Cleo? We can't be the first person to ask that question. Uh, She is dead. As of about a year ago. I feel like we talked about this. I remember. I, I, I saw her obituary. Uh, really? Yeah, she died of colon cancer last June. Yikes. Yeah. Bummer. I don't think she... Did she go to jail? Oh, Jesus. TMZ. <laughs> they ended this article with RIP now. <laughs> oh. Wow. Oh, boy. That Yikes. is at least 10 times more insensitive than what I said, so I'm <laughs> vindicated now. <laughs> did Miss Cleo go to jail? Uh, No. Okay. Maybe no, she did not. She, uh, oh, yikes. She settled for, uh, holy shit, hundreds of millions of dollars, though. I I know she got taken to court for her, uh, her yeah. psychic practices. She paid somebody a lot of money. Yeah, we're talking about, uh... <laughs> talking about Miss Cleo, aren't we? That's not <laughs> well, the whole episode, today? Not the entire, we're talking, but we are talking about psychics, oracles, seers, soothsayers, savants... Any other words I miss for people who uh, people who claim to know what's coming next? I don't know what any of those words mean, so no, we'll call that good. Basically, a, a semi-exhaustive list of people who dabble in that universe. Can we start with Baba Vanga? You want to go right into Baba Vanga? I don't know. What do you got? I mean, I, we can go right into Baba Vanga. Hell we, yeah. Or we, Grandmother Vanga. Or Grandmother Vanga. We've, we mentioned Baba Vanga like once on an episode before. Mason went on a little Baba Vanga tangent once. Yeah. I think we may have actually cut it from the episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mason. Sometimes uh, things don't make the, <laughs> make the cut. Sometimes <laughs> it's not your night, man. Uh, <laughs> Baba Vanga. Baba is uh, Bulgarian or Russian, Bulgarian for grandmother. So she's she's Grandma Vanga. Okay. Uh, she was born in 1911. She's Bulgarian. She lived until 1996. And she made uh, a bunch of crazy predictions and prophecies about the world, mostly relating to uh, political and, and governmental things. What year again, did you say? Did What year what? Did you say what year she was alive? Or what she lived she... from 1911 until 1996. Oh, she's more contemporary than I thought she was. Hmm. I thought she was more like Nostradamusy, like 1500s. No, not at all. Okay, no, there are there are recordings of of her, like video of her speaking oh. from the 90s. Uh, yeah, she lived. She was Bulgarian. Lived most of her life in Bulgaria, uh, and she made a whole lot of predictions. She was, she's sometimes called the blind prophet because she was 
blind in both eyes from when she was picked up by a tornado as a child. Did you know that? That's a great way to start. Right? She got, she would, there was a That's storm. That's how she got her powers. Well, that is when she started <laughs> well. being clairvoyant, if you believe the Baba Vanga stories. I'm, I'm know, ready to believe. I know I didn't make a lot of sound there, but I did do a lot of head tipping. <laughs> That's what I did. I, I mean, like, I, how, I tipped my head. How, like, how sucked up was she? Like, she landed a couple miles away. Oh, wow. No, she didn't. Yeah. She got lost during the storm, and they found her, like, a couple miles away in a field, and there was so much dirt and debris and stuff in her eyes that they did, like, a surgery to repair it, but then she went blind. But this was when she was a kid. She went blind by the time she was, like, in her 20s or something. If I only had some eyes. Jesus, bro. You're just... Ruthless it was like a Wizard tonight. of Oz. Yeah, Wizard of Oz reference. I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She got sucked up. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was a little insensitive, but she's not here to hear it. I mean, God, God damn. She I, certainly can't see it. I, I felt pretty good. Like, <laughs> I felt pretty good about like the needing a body part and the tornado reference, like threading that needle. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand by it. I'm gonna stand by it. <laughs> All right. So tell me more about Baba Vanga. Okay. Baba Vanga boys. So she's she's most famous for um, allegedly predicting nine eleven, and so did Nostradamus. Well, Keep going. How specifically though? Well, I don't know. Depends on how early in this episode you want me to call this bullshit. Be, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's no, it's no fun if we go there. Uh, let me see if I can find her actual quote because it, it was pretty pretty specific. All right. This is the, the direct quote. She never wrote anything down, and but she what she would do is speak to other people who would then transcribe what she said. I'm sorry, what, what was her country of origin one more time? Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Okay, uh, this was in 1989 that she said the following quote. Horror, horror, the American brethren will fall after being attacked by steel birds. The wolves will be howling in a bush and innocent blood will gush. So, steel birds have to be airplanes, right? She did not mention jet fuel or steel beams <laughs> at all. I'm calling bullshit on this one. Um, We've still never done a 9-11 episode, but I, I don't think I can. I don't know if I can yeah. either. I'm, uh, I, don't think I, I don't think I'll have a job. <laughs> the American brethren will fall after being attacked by the steel birds. Yeah, I mean... I know these are all, like, kind of... Intentionally nondescript or non-specific, but that's pretty good. I, I mean, yeah, all right. I guess, I guess, yeah. Um, other supposed accurate predictions of hers. Um, she in I think this was sometime also in the eighties said that the forty-fourth president of the United States will be black. Really? Yeah, that's, I didn't know that. Uh, however, she also said that the 44th president would be the last U.S. president. I mean, if you count Donald Trump as a president. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he might not make his full term. Right. That's real. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess maybe maybe he gets impeached and we stop being a country in That's the next like the three last, years. The last real president. At this point. Yeah. yeah. Some, somebody somebody sent me today, uh, should I be preparing for a civil war or World War Three? And I was like, why not both? No. <laughs> um, so yeah. those are her two most famous, quote unquote, accurate predictions. Okay. Uh, 
She predicted things, however, out to the year 5079. Cool. Good for her. Would you like to hear a quick, if I can make a quick summary of her predictions from now until 5079? Um, I don't want to hear all of them from now until 5079. I want to hear the, the furthest out one <laughs> or ones that she's got. Okay, well, so... Real quick. All right, go ahead. She got off to a rough start. In 2010, she said World War III was going to start. Okay. She's a little off. Sure. A little off. Uh, let's see. Gutsy to pick numbers. Most most people right? in like... She the, got pretty specific. Most people in the world of Sears just decide to be a little more uh, open-ended right. with their predictions. She, she put dates on it. She said, in 2018, China becomes a world power. Still okay. time. You can yeah. say that. Still time. I'm, I, you it's already, could argue it's that it's there. already no, the case. Yeah, they, are, yeah, they got yeah. it. The um, world power. Yeah, they have no. They have. She she said a a world power. Oh, okay. Uh, 2023, a little change in Earth's orbit. <laughs> Certainly seems possible. <laughs> sure. A little change. Yeah. Though. I love uh, I love the concept of minimizing <laughs> your own prediction. Like. Not a big deal, but just uh, the orbit's gonna yeah, it's gonna be a little fucky for a little while. Yeah, it's a little wobbly. You <laughs> Don't know? worry about it. Uh, 2033, the polar ice is melting. Greater levels of the oceans certainly seems possible. Well, that's already happening. Uh, Although, wait, what year did she die? Uh, 96. Um, that would have been like towards the the starting of some of Al Gore's. Like, it was an idea. It wasn't nearly as pop- popular as it is now. That's kind of what I was going for. I think that might be a recurring theme throughout this episode, but that's okay. Uh, what do you mean? Just that people predicting and reporting things that were already known at the time. Good oh. question. Yes. Why was Baba Vanga, why was she listened to in the first place? Did she have some sort of like giant prediction that everybody was like, oh shit, this woman, we should listen to her. She was the blind grandma with superpowers. Um, she she did have some, <laughs> she had some uh, some clout with some pretty famous people. Like there were, um, who was it? There were many politicians and some business people that went to her for advice mm. on things, which I think is what sort of uh, brought her into the, the, the public eye. Jesus. Uh, Ooh, I, I, jokes. I wasn't even, I couldn't think of another word by the time I said that Sometimes one. Sometimes it's not your night, man. Uh, I think probably post 9-11 she became more popular. Because of the, Cause the that steel bird. Because of her yeah. apparently accurate uh, prediction. <laughs> okay. Two th- this is my favorite one. 2043, the world economy is thriving. Muslims rule. <laughs> I like to think of this as just like a t-shirt. <laughs> Muslims rule. <laughs> yeah. Like just a quick side. Muslims are kind of the shit. Tight. Uh, about it. Let's see. By 2046, any organs can be manufactured through cloning. We're Repl- not that far away from that one. Replacing either. the body is becoming one of the best best methods of treatment. Uh she starts going off the rails pretty soon. Oh, to, <laughs> oh, now? Oh, well, okay, now. <laughs> she's been sort of, sort of on point so far. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Uh, to twenty one eleven, people become living robots. Well, twenty one sixty. Kurzweil agrees. Twenty one sixty four. Animals turn half human. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Now that's different. <laughs> Did, uh, didn't expect that next. This is way more fun if I skip some of these. Twenty-one ninety-five. Sea colony is fully developed. <laughs> Abundant energy and food. <laughs> they did it. A year later, in, like- in twenty-one ninety-six, complete mixing of Asians and Europeans. <laughs> twenty-one ninety-six. Yep. The the mixing is complete. Yep. As in, there is no longer one of either exactly. because they are all. Exactly. We are all combined. Okay. Um, cool. Uh, the, the translations on some of these are fucking hilarious too. Twenty two fifty six, spacecraft forgotten to Earth terrible new disease. Twenty two seventy nine. I don't even know. I don't even. All right. Twenty two seventy nine. Power from nothing, probably from a vacuum or a black hole. Eh. Answer my question. Yeah. Uh twenty three oh four secrets of the moon are revealed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Been waiting. I'm I'm not gonna be alive Tw- in twenty three oh four. Baba Bonga. Twenty four eighty, two artificial suns collide. Artificial sorry, suns. Sorry about your artificial suns. <laughs> Yikes. Uh thirty eight fifteen, the war is over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one. I think she was referring to the war on Mars. Is it the one she was talking about in 2010? <laughs> Maybe. Because that's a know. long fucking war. Um, let's see. Let's skip ahead to uh, 4304. Found a way to win any disease. Which I'm guessing she means cure, or the translation should nah, be cure. Nah, man. She's going to win it. It's a fucked up carnival, bro. <laughs> step right up. Step right Yo, up. Yo, I want polio, bro. Win the disease. Step right up. Honey, will you win me polio, please? Uh, Honey, you already had polio, okay? 20, or sorry, 4509, getting to know God. I don't know if she means herself personally. Getting to know or, you. Uh, and then... 50, oh, sorry, 5078, the decision to leave the boundaries of the universe, while about 40% of the population is against it. So we find the edge of the universe and some people choose to go beyond it. And then uh, a year later, end of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Should have left, bro. (laughs) We weren't supposed to go beyond the edge of the universe in 5078. We've made a terrible mistake. And game over, we're all dead. So, Baba Vanga. She's got a lot of things, uh, a lot of things going for. Her. Yeah, I guess got a lot of things going for. Her. That's one way to uh, to explain it. So, did she attribute her gift or her ability to any specific reason? Yeah, that's actually a good question. Was this was this like religious religious based, or was this like just um, I'm I'm hard. in touch with the universe in a way you're not? Or it's hard to say. Most of the record of her speaking or interacting with other people is she would bring someone in to hear her predictions and her prophecies. She would scream them at her at the person. No, she wouldn't. And then she would tell them to go away so she could go to sleep. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I don't know where she thought her paranormal abilities came from. War is over! <laughs> Need a nap. Uh, I mean, was she kind of like, you know, like the classic seers, like the Greek seers of past where it's like they were basically crazy people but they also occasionally would spit out like amazing information she certainly seemed like she was a little crazy yeah okay and mostly in the screaming at people and then going to sleep part (laughs) but but also in potentially the content of what's going on the the thing the thing to your point conrad that i find really interesting about all like the the reading and stuff that i've done about future prediction 
is the whole uh, the whole concept of like selective bias in psychology, mm-hmm. and the way that uh, both Nostradamus and I th- would say also I would put Baba Vanga into this category are people who've said enough general things that they're attributable to like like for instance, let's say in 1998. Um, three cargo planes crash landed in Florida. They probably would have lifted that same American steel birds from the sky. They would have been like, Oh, she knew it was coming, but like it just so happens that that happened at that time. Right. That prophecy is basically sometime in the future. Americans will die because of planes. A plane will crash in America. But she said something about Bush, bro. She said in a bush with a wolf. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Bush did nine eleven, bro. Yeah, Tower Seven, bro. Definitely, but <laughs> but also, but also, um, I don't know. I, I guess I guess the the hard part with some of the like the Nostradamusy stuff. The, the other thing too with Nostradamus, I don't know. Should we actually like go into Nostradamus, or is he like too much? I know of a, almost nothing about Nostradamus. The most I know about is the Nas album, <laughs> which is. <laughs> Which is not, which is also still nothing. Right. That was my point. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, so Nostradamus was an author in the 1500s, like 15, when was he born? Uh, 15. Just 15. He's he was really born in old. 15. No, like 15, fifth, no, 1530s ish, sure. 20s ish, whatever, 1500s. Um, who wrote like a bunch of similar kind of short, general, prophecies that got put into a book. Um, the the problem with a lot of Nostradamus's prophecies is they've also been applied to later incidents that have occurred, but a lot of them are fake, which a lot of people don't know. Like a lot of people have the prophecies you, themselves are fake. Well, he, yeah. Like, attributed to Nostradamus, but he never said them. Yeah. Like he be like every quote on the internet ever. Well, right. But he became such a like touchstone for, people who predicted things correctly that people just started writing. All of his predictions were in four line stanzas of predictions. It's cute. Yeah. So people just started writing four line stanzas Mm. about things and attributing it to Nostradamus. And because everything is brand, right. And strong branding for the 1500s. So I like that. (laughs) I fuck with the vision. (laughs) vision. Um, Because of, because a lot of, all of I think all of or most of his stuff was written in French or French and Latin or French Latin and English. He kind of combo language wrote his stuff. He was like the opposite of Baba Vanga. Dude's yeah. writing three languages at once over yeah. here. She's just screaming at people. <laughs> <laughs> but because there's so much translation error going on and because sure, it was sure. five hundred years ago, it was a lot easier to sort of Eh, squeeze out a prediction. We that, thought you meant steel birds, but really you said obese parrots. <laughs> obese parrots. <laughs> and but that honestly, make any sense. One, okay, so just for example, what, this was one of the stanzas that is said to have also been a 9-11 prediction from Nostradamus, which is uh, written in, in mostly French, what reads, uh, or in Latin, sorry. Show me what you got. <laughs> in English reads, five and 40 degrees, the sky shall burn. To the great new city shall the fire draw nigh. 
with vehemence the flames shall spread and churn when with the Normans they conclusions try. Explain it to me. You sound uh, high as fuck, Nostradamus. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? It means basically they're so the way that people broke this down is five uh five and forty degrees the sky shall burn. So they're like, oh, that's the latitude for New York City. It's really not. What? It's it's really not. It's forty forty seven, which people think was forty dot forty five, but like the decimal point wasn't really a thing. That's back pretty then. far off. It's just like it's not good Wait, enough. Did you say the decimal point wasn't a thing back then? <laughs> yeah. Really? Uh, not had not come into use in Europe in the 1500s. Siri, when was the decimal? Sorry, p- I couldn't shut the- anything like that. See. <laughs> yeah, spike that. Don't phone. ask the robot, <laughs> bro. Li- liter- literally, the next cited line in the Wikipedia <laughs> article I'm writing is: even though the decimal point had not yet come into use in Europe in Nostradamus's day, when was it invented? That's what I, I want to know. No, well, Siri was fucking useless. Um, You're a piece of shit, Siri. <laughs> but I think I think it's to me the the it, it it became very hoaxable because of the age in which a lot of his stuff came to be. And because of the multiple languages in which it was written, right. and also because the internet just took advantage of all of those things and started attributing a bunch of bullshit to him that never came true. So people still look at Nostradamus as this future predicting touchstone in the world, except that pretty much everything is general and nonspecific to a fault, to the point where, like, there isn't really anybody who who has had like a proven prediction in the world of prediction you except are, oh i was going to go the opposite direction all right go for it well there's an interesting guy okay whose name is john william dunn we shall refer to him as did he assassinate somebody jw no not oh, okay. that i'm aware of i feel like 90% of people with three names have assassinated somebody well we all have three names yeah, but nobody uses them. Well, so that's the true. With a hyphenated last name. <laughs> shut up for a while. Go ahead. So, J.W. Dunn was born in 1875 in Ireland. He died in 1949 in England. He was actually a British soldier, soldier, excuse me, and a aeronautical engineer and also a philosopher. He actually invented a bunch of planes and like plane technology in the 40s and 30s. Okay. It's kind of interesting. Uh, even even earlier than that, like in the tens, he did uh, gliders and stuff like that that contributed to aeronautics in general. Good for you, JW. Yeah. Um, but one of the things he also did that is kind of interesting is he wrote a book That's um, called An Experiment with Time. And essentially, JW... Uh, recorded in 1898 a dream that he had in which he went to sleep at night. And during his, pretty standard. during his sleep, he dreamed that his watch had stopped. He had a dream that his watch had stopped at a certain time. Does he have missing time? And when he woke up... He, in, <laughs> he did not get abduct, abducted. When he woke up in the morning, the time that he had dreamt that his watch had stopped at was the time that it was when he woke up. And so he was like, hmm, that's kind of odd. It was almost as if I knew what time it was in my dream before I actually woke up and checked my watch and, excuse me, noticed that my watch had stopped. Okay. So he was like, that's kind of funny. Maybe I saw that was coming somehow in my dream. 
So he starts to try to do more of this, which is essentially to have dreams, write down his dreams, and see if anything comes of his dreams. Okay. In the way that we would we we would talk about wanting people to try to prove the things that they dreamed is he astrally projecting through time. <laughs> I don't think he was actually. I think he was astrally projecting through time. <laughs> um, but but what he was doing was trying to record notes down about uh, the things that he was dreaming and seeing if his knowing what time his watch had stopped was a fluke, or whether or not maybe there was something more to his dreams. Through a series of years worth of writing down his dreams, JW decides that he's a precog and Tight. he can see the future before it happens. Hey Ryan, you ever seen Minority Report? I have seen Minority Fuck Report. Yeah. Great movie. I actually own Minority Report. Whoa. Great movie. Keep going. Um, JW thinks that he's a precog, essentially, what he's, but here's an interesting uh, thing that I think. Well, I find interesting about his story specifically. He doesn't think that he can see things because they've happened in the universe. He can only forward see into things that have happened to him. So mm. he so basically one of the one of the things that he said, he wrote down notes about a specific um let me find it really quick here. Uh the Flying Scotsman was an express train that went from I don't know, somewhere probably in Scotland. Probably. Yeah. Um and uh, basically f- flew off a bridge, and he was able to basically pull up notes in his an experiment with time book and say, "Hey, I predicted that this train would derail, et cetera." Now you could say, "Yeah, anybody could predict that a train would derail in that time period because trains weren't very safe." I thought, wait, was he on it? How did he know about it? So that so yeah, so he doesn't. What he was trying to explain was that. He wasn't divining or predicting the future in the way that he just had this sort of vision of the train derailing. What he had a dream of was that he read a newspaper article that had the train Mm, crash in the newspaper article. I've I've heard this story, yeah. And then when he read the newspaper article and saw that the train had crashed, he realized in his head, oh, it was going to crash. But so he's he's not having like moments in his brain where he's seeing like these massive things happening. He's seeing things that are happening to himself in the future, and that's how he's sussing out the bigger events, is what he claims. Now, it's kind of convenient that he's only realizing that after those things actually happen, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely true. (laughs) Definitely true. Because maybe you should tell people that their train is going to derail and a bunch of them are going to die. For sure. Um, What was that? Remember that TV show from the 90s? That where the dude got the paper from the the a day in advance. Oh yeah, what was like that early TV edition show? or something? Yeah, was it early edition or it was something like I that? Or was it new edition? New edition was also a thing from the nineties, <laughs> but I don't think that's. Was I just it. wanted to. I just wanted to. Yeah, think early about edition. It. Fuck yeah! With uh, no, what was the on? Squinty eye, nice hair guy. What the yeah, fuck what is his was name? This on? I don't even remember what channel this was on. CBS. This is like adult television or children's television. No, uh, it, was like, it was just like a regular prime time. Because in the nineties, I was definitely watching children's television. Yeah, well, that's true. sure. I mean, it was it was like it a ran prime from 90s, time. It ran, ran from ninety six to two thousand. So he got the newspaper for the next day, a day in advance. Yeah, and right. wasn't yeah. the whole premise that he had to like decide what he was going to change because he only had a limited ability and scope to affect what had happened. Right, he was just, in every other way, he was a regular dude, but he got tomorrow's newspaper, the day, like today. Right. And then he would pick out usually the bad things that were going to happen and try and 
prevent them or change them somehow. So JW kind of <laughs> on, no, but honestly, he was this guy. Honestly, kind of similar. He he in his book he details the ways that he foretold several major disasters, including. This is from his wiki article, a, a volcanic eruption in Martinique, a factory fire in Paris, and the derailing of the Flying Scotsman. This dude's kind of worthless, though, if he's not, like... He didn't doing, help anyone. Yeah. I mean, but, like, you have this gift. Share it. I, I don't disagree with that. He, Although he did actually start trying to train a group of friends to precognitively dream in the way that he was... And so they could all be worthless together. Yeah, they could accomplish nothing. <laughs> so they could not help people. He's gonna suck, guys. <laughs> um, the more fascinating thing that I find about him, even than his claims that he's able to see things before they actually happen, was that what he did was he used this information not to go, isn't this cool that I can tell the future? He did it to build a theory on how time works. And he's one of the first people to talk about serial time in the concept of like breakfast, yeah, uh, <laughs> cereal time. <laughs> it's me every morning, man. Jesus Christ. S e r i a l. Yeah, what does that mean? C- uh, basically, meaning that uh, all of time is happening at the same time, and human oh. consciousness only allows us to walk one thread of it. But that the previous time, the current time, and the future time are all currently happening right now, and basically, his. Uh, his theory that he builds out in an experiment with time is when I'm dreaming, I'm just sort of fast forwarding a little bit on my thread. And then when I wake up, I come back into where I am. So I've just seen a little bit further down my thread or further hmm. back on my thread. Hey, Conrad, you Yo. know, the episode of the next generation where Picard goes to that other planet and learns how to play the flute and oh, becomes an old yeah, man the and the they run out of water. Episode. Oh, absolutely. What's it called? Oh, Fuck, man, you're putting me on the spot right now. Something about light. The inner light? Yeah. If you haven't seen this episode of Star Trek, well, first of all, if you haven't seen Star Trek The Next Generation, go to Netflix. It is on. It is on all, they, every single episode. Start with the inner light, though, because eventually... Do you really think that's a decent place to start, that episode? I would go with Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. <laughs> if, wow. if, it was, if it was me... <laughs> Conrad nerding out so hard right now, I love it. Dude, I could talk Shaka, about... Shaka, when the walls <laughs> fell. Uh, I- <laughs> yeah. Angelad at Tanakra. You guys are literally speaking a foreign language. Have I, know, you not seen I only, I only no, brought. I've never seen. Have you watched Star- any of them? No, I've never. I only seen brought any up Star just Trek. to piss off Ryan because there's somebody else here who would it know what I'm talking about. It doesn't about. piss me off at that, all. I'm just totally confused. Man, you don't know That's what you're all. missing, man. Like, the Inner Light is one of the best episodes of television. Period. Period. And. It would be a great introduction to like the peak of the next generation. I don't know all if right. I agree with that. Let's go down this rabbit hole real quick. The, it's the best writing. Agreed. But you like you have to understand Picard as a character to truly kind of see the nah. intricacies and also understand like that this is something like that world that he goes into that he feels like he belongs in. Like it fits who Picard is in many ways, and that's sure. Like, but that's like a, another layer that you would you would gain from having watched all the other stuff. Sure, but that would make it more meaningful to me. Yeah, it's like sure. it it's elevates it from an eight to like an eleven. All right, you should you should start at episode one and watch all of them before ne- before with. Netflix gets rid of them. Okay, they're probably going to deal. Um, can we can we venture into just total bullshit hilarious prediction because I was taking the board a UFO land? 
Uh, Seems like that's where it always we take goes. a break. Yeah, let's, it will limit how much bullshit I can I can spew because we have to take a break in a yeah. second here. Okay, yeah. all right. Let's. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's let's do that. <laughs> let's do that thing. Uh, either you guys familiar with Billy Meyer? Not familiar. Uh, yeah, but why am I? I familiar bet I know with Billy why Meyer? you are familiar with that because when we went to that Mufon meeting the following month, they were going to be breaking down the case of Billy Meyer, and. It was on there. It was on that agenda. Is he a local cat? Or? No, he's from. Uh, he's Swiss, actually. Yeah, but I feel like I've got another it's touch like, point I mean, for this. If you've paid attention to UFO stuff, it's a big UFO thing. And I have. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, you've, you've it's, probably it's, just heard the name before. Yeah, in, in but it's your... not clocking right now. So yeah. by by all means, okay, en- enlighten me. So he's a uh, a Swiss UFO contactee, and he, which basically means like. You had UFO and alien encounters, but they were pleasant. Yeah. Rather than being abducted by little gray guys while you're sleeping. And uh, he's probably best known for his hilariously bad fake photos and videos. Where if it, Of UFOs? Yeah. So if you do, uh, Ryan, you've got your computer up. Listeners at home, you're probably listening on something that has the internet. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how you couldn't be, to be honest. But <laughs> I used to uh, I used to download MP3s of podcasts and burn them to a CD in the very early days. In 2004, what are you talking I mean, about? Not that long after that, but yeah. Damn, I would, boy, I were people making podcasts then? Yeah. Did you were you able to put like, like three episodes on a CD before it was full? Yeah, and like one. Minutes. Yeah, yeah one you get seventy four minutes. Oh yeah, minutes. you're right. That's right, dude. The that's fucking right. saga of Mel's Hole. I had to put on four or five CDs. Wow. And I had a six wow. disc changer multi, in my Nissan Altima collection, <laughs> dude. My <laughs> whole six hole. disc changer was full of uh, fucking Mel's Hole's saga, magical hole of Mel. Wow. That is good for you. Extra good for Head you. Head of the time, man. Anyway, if you can, uh, I, can I Google Billy Meyer fake photos? Just Google Billy Meyer and and hit the images, and um, you'll see some great pictures of Bill. Wow, Bill has a beard and a half, and Did you I, will see some amazing. I got you. I got you, bro. I've, I've got pulled up too. If you want to just look over here, uh, he he put up photos such as this one and tried to convince people that they were real, and a lot of people have have bought it. Basically, he made little model UFOs out of uh, like ball bearings and trash can lids and stuff, and just like hung them from stuff and then took pictures. Yep, and the mm. the videos are like very obviously it, one of these models hanging from a string, like swinging back and forth, and uh, they're always perfectly within frame. He he claimed that he was taken back in time by these aliens who happened to look exactly like humans. He said they were humans. Oh. From another dimension or another timeline, oh, um, and that they took him back in time to the uh, the era of dinosaurs. <sighs> and one of the photos that he posted was just he took a picture of a book about dinosaurs <laughs> and said that the the uh, the aliens showed him. Can I just comment? History th- that's amazing. You guys' ability to get back to UFOs. Like oh. on this episode, on this show. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's, thank you. It's amazing. It, I, <laughs> I, I try. I don't and, think I can take credit for it as much as Spencer can. <laughs> I should probably apologize at the same time because I <laughs> no, absolutely not. I try like, and jam it into every episode, even when it really shouldn't make any sense. <laughs> Spencer gets there every um, time. It's gonna make sense this time. No, it does. One I, of, so one of his other uh, pieces of evidence was that he recorded 
allegedly, and of course he didn't actually. He uh, he claimed to have recorded um, forty eight minutes of sound of one of these UFOs. So I'm gonna quickly play. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> okay. Am I gonna have a seizure if I keep listening to this? That's only one way to find out. I kind of feel. <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm about to have a seizure. I'll turn it down a little bit. Sorry. Try not to deafen anyone. Uh, you get the idea. It's it's feedback and delay and shit, which is it's like it's exactly if anyone. This is probably a very uh, small group of people out there, but if you've ever messed around with like a tape delay or a delay of any kind, like you could recreate that in about ten seconds. Yeah. Um, he claimed though that it was authentic because when he had it analyzed by some audio engineers, they said that uh, there were many frequencies outside of the range of human hearing. So human hearing, most people can hear from about 20 hertz up to 20,000 hertz. And they were saying that there were frequencies up to 32 and 40,000 hertz on this recording. But Billy also said he recorded on like a mobile tape recorder. Which wouldn't have gone that high anyway. Right. There, There's nothing available that records higher than what humans can hear because it would be pointless to record sounds that literally no one can hear okay um so he just like fucked around with a a tape delay and made some weird sounds and said they were ufos but where this ties into predictions is that he predicted a bunch of stuff based on what the future alien humans had told him were going to happen in his dinosaur books no he went and saw the dinosaurs ryan Mm mm-hmm what else did he go and see in the future <laughs> yeah. on the other side of the dinosaurs? Uh, so he predicted a few things. I'll, I'll just, I'll go through like maybe three of them real quick. He said um, that there was going to be an asteroid called Apophis, A-P-O-P-H-I-S. Okay. Um, and he said, quote, a red meteor would wreak havoc on Earth. Like a Russian meteor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's red scare. That's what he meant. That's what um, he, meant. <laughs> he, it was, I don't know if I should even go into these things. He, he said that, <laughs> that it's going to hit Earth in 2036. Okay. All right. Um, and he allegedly predicted this in 1981. Uh, in 2004, there was an asteroid that was discovered and publicly announced. Um, and in 2008, his he has like this, uh, basically a publicist who acts on his behalf in the U.S. <laughs> because he's Swiss and he doesn't speak English. And he's got a team. Everyone, Billy has some new information <laughs> yeah. for you. You better fucking listen up. Yeah, who's this guy that signed on and was like, yeah, I got to get involved oh, with this, this man? Dude, this <laughs> guy. Guys, Billy was on the phone last <laughs> night with some aliens, and you'll never believe what we're about to tell you. His name is, uh, fuck, what's his name? Michael Horn, I think is his name. Some, his last name is Horn. I think it's Michael Horn. So white bread. Michael Horn, that's right. Uh, and basically what they do is 
he made a bunch of predictions in the 80s based on the science of the 1970s. So, like, in the 70s, people were starting to be able to identify individual asteroids. And Billy, three years later, is like, an asteroid's going to hit Earth, and I'm going to pick a year in the future that seems like it's really far away, so I'm never going to have to worry about it. (laughs) I'll never be held accountable for my wrongness. (laughs) And then in 2004, NASA says, like, hey, we found a meteor, or, uh, sorry, an asteroid. And his publicist is like, see, I fucking told you. Everyone, (laughs) Billy fucking nailed it. Uh, Listen up next time. <laughs> Billy's got the juice. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it's uh, okay. So I, I brought this one up, A, because I like to uh, try and fucking shoehorn UFOs into every episode whenever yes. possible. But also because I think it's a great example of kind of the uh, the MO of a lot of profits, so to speak. Yes. I would in agree. that they will make very vague predictions that are based on knowledge available at the time. And then if anything anywhere in the future happens that could possibly sort of align to one right. of their multitude of predictions, right. they will then retroactively say, see, I told you so. And it also goes back to the confirmation bias thing that I, that I mentioned earlier, where if you say enough shit to enough people, you mm-hmm. get a hundred. If, if, if you say enough shit to a thousand people and a hundred of those people identify one of those things to something that happened in their life, those hundred people are going to go, holy fucking shit, this dude's a genius, or he's magic, or he's a savant, or he's a he's in touch with aliens, like right. whatever. There's a yeah. hundred people that are going to go- Or dinosaurs. Or dinosaurs. <laughs> There's a hundred people that are going to go, this is real, and it's happening right now, and then all of a sudden you create a following, following by spewing enough of this stuff into the universe. Well, this isn't well, any different than like religious prophets. I mean, you see this stuff right. all the time. It's like- you know, they decide, hey, the world actually is going to end on this day. Right. This is the day, and it's right. far enough in the future, right. usually. And then everybody prepares and gets ready for it. But, I mean, they, they say enough vague stuff that they're able to find, like, the one thing that kind of fits. Right. Well, and Billy Meyer has started basically a cult around this. Oh, good for him. Because... Speaking of the religious angle of things. Yeah. Right. In case UFOs weren't enough of a cult on their own already... There's uh what is it? It's the the figu f i g u. I forget what it stands for though. But basically, he has a uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But it does because it's funny. I, I, I think was, I was <laughs> I was I was like fuck it going under or like something. I don't know. I'm trying to trying to create an acronym. Fuck, I guessed uh, uncorrectly. <laughs> God damn it, Billy. You're going to make me take this hey, press release out there? You couldn't even say the word right. He's Swiss, man. He's still learning. That's true. Maybe it's a it's, translation It's Mike's issue. fault. It's Mike's fault. Well, uh, we got to take a quick break here, but when we come back after the break, we're going to be a little less woo-woo about things, and we're going to be a little more uh, concrete, should I say? As close as we get. As close as we get to concrete. Um, there's, a, there's a whole world of prediction that does not live in the world of seers and oracles and savants kind of spewing enough to match a confirmation bias and then get a reputation for it. Um, Sometimes people are more right in some kind of fun and weird uh, ways. And we're going to talk about those ways and those people uh, when we come right back in one second here on the What If Podcast. I'm spooked as heck. This episode of the What If Podcast is brought to you in part by Button Poetry. 
Check them out right now by visiting buttonpoetry.com. Button poetry is nothing like the traditional poetry you heard in high school, and they're certainly not the same old, boring dead guys that are going to put you to sleep. Button poetry features poets of all ages, races, sexual orientations, and backgrounds. And as a poetry press and an online destination for spoken word and slam poetry videos, Button Poetry publishes poetry that moves people. They believe that real current stories and real current voices are more necessary now than ever. You know, everyone says changing the world with art is impossible, but at Button Poetry, they're sure going to try. So check out everything they have to offer. There's books, there's videos, there's commentary, there's learning, there's education. There's so much stuff uh, that you can get by checking them out at buttonpoetry.com. Today, you will fall in love with poetry all over again, or maybe for the very first time. Uh, I forgot the best part about the Billy Meyer story, just real quick. All right. He has a space apple. <laughs> he, he has an apple. I don't, I don't you, even know which one of you mean. that noise came from, yeah. but it was great. It came from him, <laughs> but I echoed it mentally. I'm going I'm gonna to need you to, I'm gonna need you he, he has an to apple, elaborate. He has an apple in a mason jar that he's preserved for like 30 years. From that he, space? That he says he took. From space? <laughs> he says he took. Valid question! <laughs> Well, let me let me fucking tell you the rest of the okay, story. Sorry. Then he took it, he nabbed it from inside of the UFO one day because they had apples like in a fruit bowl inside they, the UFO. They growing apples in the fruit bowl or in the they in weren't the growing them in the UFO, but they had them. You know, like when you walk into a nice hotel and they just got bowls of fruit sitting around. That's how the they alien, had space apples sitting around. That's how the aliens make the humans that they steal feel more comfortable. They're like, yeah, we'll just make it like a hotel lobby with like free shitty wax fruit. A lie was born. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Billy. Should we get into some real people who maybe know something about some things instead of guys who claim to have space apples? Yeah, I think we should. And I want to um, I want to start with a short list of predictions that I have that came from your, science oh, fiction. I thought you meant your personal predictions. I was really excited. Oh, man. We I should make a couple before the episode's that's over. That's true. Things that we think are going to happen. Yep. Um. All right, so I have I have uh, I have a list of ten inventions from futurists or sci-fi writers that came up in their work before they actually came to be real. Satellites, uh, Geo, not, geostationary satellites. Yes, but not one of the ones on here. Okay, this list already sucks. Um, debit cards. This is an article from uh, Tested.com. Can we get an author and a context, please? Uh, yeah, so Edward Bellamy in 1888 wrote a novel called Looking Backward, and uh, it introduced the concept of, from the book, in quotes, universal credit, uh, where citizens of his future utopia carry a card that allows them to spend credit from a central bank on goods and services without paper money changing hands. This is from 1888. That'd be a credit card, sir. Credit or debit. Mm. Credit or debit. Um, Thanks, ATM. Yeah. H.G. Uh, Wells mm. projected that He tank, had a lot of crazy ideas. Yeah, he projected tanks would be a thing before tanks would be a thing. He wrote about uh, ships on land, like warships, but like on land. 
Didn't uh, Da Vinci do that too? Also sounds high. Did Da Vinci write a boat, but it's going to be on the ground, <laughs> yeah, right, bro. Right. Da Vinci it's definitely go so fast. HG Wells was probably a little baked. I'm pretty sure Da Vinci invented a tank at one point. Uh, I'm thinking you. of helicopters. Oh, uh, he did do that. Yeah. I believe you. I'm going to keep going on the list, though. Cool. Um, or steel birds, if you will. In 1953, Bradbury, uh, Ray Bradbury, um, in Fahrenheit 451, uh, wrote about audio that was like little seashells, thimble radios that brought an elect- an electronic ocean of sound of music and talk directly into your ears. In what year? Uh, 53. So headphones were technically a thing at the yeah, point, that's but not that weird. it's a little more specific to like the earbud thing, but you thought yeah. that headphones would get smaller. Uh, right. Um, video chat in, uh, that was a sci-fi theme for a long time. It, it was a sci-fi theme for a long time. Um, which also like people act like these things then don't <laughs> encourage or influence people to actually go and make them. You know what sure, I mean? Sure. Like somebody could have read that book and then like, oh yeah, headphones should be smaller. They're kind of weird and cumbersome. Right. Or like who didn't, who hasn't thought that it would be cool to talk, see somebody that you're talking to on the phone. Sure. I, I don't disagree with that. It's not really a prediction. No, I'm just not necessarily. A, a tricorder, man. Like we're, that's. We're really close. I, I read an article the other day about. I don't know what that is. Jesus, bro. You, you got to sit this one out, it's I guess. tricorder. It's a thing from Star Trek that they hold the little phone at people and it tells them stuff about everything. Oh, yeah. Geostationary satellite communications. That is on this list. Okay, I forgot. Your, your list is okay then. My bad. <laughs> uh, there's some like medical attachment now for smartphones. Huh. What? You know, like the it's like the card reader attachment, but but it's it can tell you can analyze blood and stuff. Neat. Yeah. What do you like stick it in your ear and then So like... we have medical tricorders now. Cool. Huh? You stick it in your ear, and then like it tells I you mean, stuff about. We're you? basically carrying around like pretty powerful computers all the time. We should probably right. use it to do more stuff than like tweet. No, but I but that's what I'm literally asking. How does it know those things about you? Do you stick it in your ear? Do you like? Do There's you, an attachment like, of some kind that you must have to like either stick in your ear or, or uh, apply a sample to. Yeah, crazy. Do you you just wave it, wave it, Matt. Yeah, you just piss on your phone <laughs> you and it piss tells on it. <laughs> Little known fact, if you just say, hey, Siri, and then piss on your phone, she, she tells you everything you need to know about your health. If you're super drunk at the bar and you accidentally drop your phone in the urinal, you just, just go keep like, going. oh, hey, new, new, new <laughs> health hey, update. Hey, my phone says I'm drunk. I knew it. The future is now. My, yeah, it's my like, phone says I got a point four ABV right now. I got, whoa, boy. Whoa, baby boy. Whoa, baby boy. I gotta, get, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I gotta go home. All right. Was um, there more? There's more in there, but I mean, I guess, yeah, I completely agree with you, but I think the the point that the list is trying to make is that generally in culture, there's sort of a progression of things that involves some prediction, whether that be just generally through science and hypothesis, like if, like, I mean, that's how science, a lot of science works is we believe that this is the case or this will happen and then we're going to test to verify whether or not that is what's coming. That's why I brought up Arthur C. Clarke's uh, geosynchronous satellite thing because yeah, yeah. he actually, like, Explained how it would work too, and it kind of followed suit when it actually worked. Exactly how yeah. he described it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, it 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 is on here. It just says um, uh, over the last century, our communications network has been one of the biggest advances in civilization. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke wrote a manuscript called "The Space Station in Radio Applications," which posited geosynchronous satellites, uh, a hot topic at the time, apparently being used for telecommute telecommunication relays, most notably for television signals. 
note yeah. that this is long before broadcast television was anything even resembling a commercial concern as it is today. I know we've talked about him on the show before, but I think it's appropriate to discuss Ray Kurzweil's predictions. I think that's probably valid. Because as far as actual futurists who know some things and follow trends, uh, he's gotten more predictions right than I think anyone else. Right, right. Uh, as high as 86% of his predictions have been accurate. Wow. Right? It's a good record. It's coming from his own website, so I mean... Mm. Do you... Yeah, I was going to say, that seems... Whatever. Generous. Uh, <laughs> we're going to focus on two books of his. Okay. The first being The Age of Intelligent Machines, which he wrote in 1990. Yes. And uh, he predicted in 1990 that a computer would defeat... A world chess champion by 1998. How close was he to correct on that? In 1997, IBM's Deep Blue supercomputer defeated Gary Kasparov. Kasparov. Kasparov, thank you. You're welcome. Chess wizard over here. Uh, This is great. You kind of like know things. Conrad, we're going to have you back. You're smarter than us. This is my shit, dude. (laughs) This is what I care about. (laughs) Conrad's coming back. Mason just yells at us. <laughs> this is way more fun. Uh, I love you, Mason. Okay, so he was. He said by 1998, it happened 1997. Yo, can I can I do like a quick aside on that? That's related. Sure. Did you see that um, Elon Musk's um, open open AI projects in California created a Dota bot? You know that Dota game that everybody fucking yeah. plays? That, like, big esports game? Yep. What does it stand for? Defense oh. of the Ancients. Defense of the Ancients. It's, like, a super huge, like, esports game. Anymore. Yeah, Just seriously. speak into the corner Con- over here. Conrad's our new answers Google. come forth. Dude, if you want nerd shit, I got, I got lots of it. <laughs> My guy. But there's, like, some super famous number one in the world Dota player, and they basically... Conrad, what's his name? <laughs> uh, Grubby. <laughs> Grubby? Wait, is that a real dude's name? <laughs> no, but I love it. There is a very famous Dota player named, named Grubby. Grubby. It might have been Jesus. Grubby. He's right. actually recently switched allegiances. <laughs> Don't make me get into it. I could go on for hours. <laughs> My man, I love it. Okay, so a computer beat a guy at a video game? Uh, the Elon Musk's OpenAI group basically in the last six months have carved an AI to play Dota that has beat every player that it's gone up against. Of all the things that computers should be good at, wouldn't... I mean, the fucking computer on Madden wouldn't used to beat game. me all the time. <laughs> Back in like 1996, um, I get my ass kicked by computers on video games frequently. Those those yeah, computers cheated though. Like you're, yeah. I feel like those computers they weren't actually like AI. They were just like if it's set on like extreme difficulty, like it just catches the pass right. no matter what. You know, I'm just saying that seems like one of the easier things for AI to to conquer. I should I should maybe explain that build in a Dota, robot that can beat LeBron James and then. Get in, back to me. Do, in Dota, you're 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 not playing against the game. It's basically that that computer AI was becoming another player. So it wasn't like the world around you that you were fighting against. It was basically creating another player. Does that make sense? Right. I, it was playing. I, within, I don't know anything about gaming, so I should probably shut up. It but. was playing within the exact like to Conrad's point. It was playing within the same set of rules that the other player was playing inside of. They weren't okay. like manipulating the algorithms or anything. Got it. Got it. It was fighting in the same way, but it literally has beat every person it's come up against. So I guess I just say that to say the next progression of I mean like chess, in which is, I'm guessing there are many more variables than a game of chess. I was gonna say chess is an extremely complicated game with tons of different outcomes, but Dota is like, I mean, sure. Far, 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 far beyond. Probably has to happen a lot faster, too. Exactly. Okay. Uh, 
again, in 1990, he predicted that computers would be capable of answering queries by accessing information wire- wirelessly via the internet by 2010. Same, this is the same he book? Kind of nailed that one. Yeah. This is all from the Age of Intelligent Machines. Machines. Written Machines. in 1990. Google. Uh, he predicted that by the early 2000s, exoskeletal limbs would allow disabled people to walk. Mm. Obviously, that has happened. Um, he predicted that by 2009, people would be able to talk to their computers in order to give it commands. That was definitely happening by 2009. I think that was actually very close to the first announcement of Siri. Oh, nine? Yeah, it would have been like... It would have been right around that time, right? Yeah, you're right. It was the iPhone 4? Was the first one with Siri? I don't know that off the top of my head. It must have been within a year or two, I would would guess. I could go googly-moogly it. Um... He also predicted that computer displays would be built into eyeglasses for augmented reality by 2009. Google Glass, hello. Yeah, I mean, Google Glass wasn't released until 11, but other people were obviously working on it prior to 2011. We'll give it right? to them. Well, and it was, it, it was in process. It just wasn't public yet. Siri so came out in 2011. But yes, okay. close. Okay, so within two years, yeah. Uh, so he he nailed a bunch of predictions in 1990. He wrote another book in 2005 called The Singularity is Near. Yes. In which he predicted further into the future up until 2099. Yes. Have either of you read that? Yes, I have. Because I'm just about to. Is, I have not started it yet. Is either. it worth reading? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, it is gets, it digestible? Yeah, he's a pretty good writer. Okay. It's, uh, I mean, there, there's no super heavy science to it. it it's for the casual reader. Okay. He gets it doesn't a, get too. He like, gets a little preachy and egoy at times, but that's kind of just him. his style. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely I can handle it's that definitely as worth long reading. as it's not like of like thirty consecutive pages of technical detail around. No, he does. He doesn't get or so that that book like legitimately changed my dad's life to the point where like my dad. You should actually have him on the show. Is, is he on the like ninety pills a day regimen? Oh, dude, my dad has gone f- much further than that. Cool. My oh, dad yeah. has uh, human growth hormone. That he has processed for him specifically. He takes special steroids for him specifically. He literally a handful of supplements per day. He is entirely vegan now. He creates this superfood every morning that he calls sludge because it just looks like gross, nasty sludge. Oof. And like for real, my dad, like my dad's 65. His nails, his fingernails, like look like young person's fingernails, and they did not look that way. Uh, so he's actually reversed some things? Dude, like, it's, my dad is, like, way more, like, buff. Like, my dad can, like, and I lift weights, like, reasonably regularly. Not, like, a ton, but, like, you know, reasonably regularly. My dad can outlift me 100%. Like, he he can talk about this shit for, like, forever. He is so deep into it that, like, Hell his yeah. goal is to hit. So he read he read The Singularity as Neil, yeah. and his goal is to hit The Singularity. Well, He's trying to stick around for it. Let me, uh... Let me continue with Mr. Kurzweil's predictions because he he puts a date on it. And also, hey, put us in touch with your dad because we'll yeah. totally have him on. Uh, all right. In 2005, Singularity is near. He makes predictions from uh, the years 2019 through 2099. I'll try and run through some of them quickly. He says by 2019, so a year and a half from now. Yes. Uh, the digital world will make paper documents and books obsolete. I would say that's already We're happened. There. Yeah. Uh, computers will be embedded everywhere in our environment, including furniture, jewelry, and walls. I would say that's already happened. Oh, five. Tra- uh, language translation machines are routinely used in conversation. 
Yeah. I would say that's already happened. You said he wrote this in all these were made 2005, in 2005, yeah. Okay. Uh, humans will develop deep relationships with AI. Yeah. That's not even close at this point. Yeah. It's going mean, to go quickly whenever it happens. It is. I'm just saying there's no, there's no reality in which we have What year did you say that was supposed to happen? He said yeah. all this would happen by or before 2019. Yeah. Well, Yo, we, got, when, we, got, we got two years. When, when do you think the first... E- episode of MTV's Catfish will feature an AI robot that catfished a person. I don't know what that show is. Um, I'm going to say for the sake you don't, of... Did you see the documentary Catfish? No. Oh. I don't watch TV, bro. That Catfish wasn't doc- It wasn't a TV show. The TV show came after they made a documentary that won a bunch of awards. Uh, it, was about, it was about people who create online personalities to date people online. And for, some of them are robots? For the use. No, they're not. But I'm, that's what I'm saying is at what point will that become oh. a thing? Aren't there already chatbots that can pass the, the Turing test? Is there? I don't think it's happened yet. No? I don't think anybody's actually I done it. I don't think it. it's like. Oh. Okay. Because I feel like that would have been Seems like big... that could happen any day, though. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he said autonomous vehicles will dominate our roads. Even just like none of these things were really being discussed even in 2005. Right. Um, yeah, he, it's a it's a pretty, I mean, granted, I would imagine this list is a little bit selective in terms of the things that are coming true in a simil, sort of similar way. Sure, but. But also, or, or t- similar way to our previous stuff, but also it is a level of specificity that's completely different, which I think makes it far more impressive. And interesting. Granted, he's also ha- had a history to work on to build these. But, For sure. But I mean, that's but it's still credit impressive. to him. Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, the last one, total power of all computers is comparable to the total brain power of all humans. Say that one more time. The total power of all computers is comparable to the total brain power of all humans. It not it way beyond that already? I don't know exactly how you would measure that. It I seems guess. like an almost impossible task. Uh, but it seems like we're quickly heading that way if we if we haven't passed it already. Maybe it's like a volume thing, but I have to imagine our most powerful computers from like a processing standpoint are processing far processing far more calculations. They've still probably got to be more humans than computers on the planet, though. Inter- well, right, that's what I mean. Like that's why it's a volume right. thing right. at this point. Here's an but... interesting anecdote. At one point, <laughs> oh, we'll be the deciders. Of All right, that. no, I'm just kidding. At Whatever, one you point, you preface everything by saying it's interesting. <laughs> I have an interesting thing I'm here to tell you now. <laughs> at one point, there no, was yeah, the fastest computer in the world. I don't remember what it was called, but it was like the fastest computer in the world. And then these guys put together what became the next much, much, much faster computer in the world. And the way they did it was they just strung together the computing power of like three thousand PlayStation fours. <laughs> and they were just like, we got a shitload of these, put them together, and it smoked the other computer. Dude, so, that's so awesome. I don't know if that's still the top, this, this but is, it uh, was. This is, I get it, though. This is relevant to our conversation here. He says, by 2029, computers will be capable of autonomously learning and creating new knowledge. So all the PlayStations will gang up on their own. <laughs> um, and he said, a $1,000 in, in US dollars, personal computer will be 1,000 times more powerful than the human brain. And again, I don't know... I'm looking forward to that. I don't exactly know yeah. how he's measuring that. Well, and so is Kurzweil. That's the crazy thing about, like, a lot of this sounds sort of ominous to me, and he thinks it's all going to be oh, he's fucking so hype. perfect, and it's going to be this Eden-like situation, and everything's going to be incredible, and we're all going to live forever. 
Well, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the laws of robotics. Are you guys familiar? Yeah. Yeah, but let's, Mr. Asimov. But let's yeah. redo them real quick while we're this, here. Did we talk about this on the show last week, or was that after we were done? I think it might have been after. Okay, well, never mind then. Go ahead. We'll bang through them anyway, because they're good reminders. Do you well, have them up, or I can pull uh, them up? Yeah, you should pull them up. While you're uh, looking that up, let me just uh, yep, keep close going. out the 2029 yes. predictions. VR goggles and headphones will be replaced with computer implants. That seems also looking forward to like that. it will definitely be a possibility. Did you guys hear about that company in Wisconsin that's uh, injecting their employees or giving their employees the option to get injected with an implant where they can buy things from the company store and enter and exit the building and shit via their implant? In that's their fucked hands? up. There's like we learned it from the aliens, bro. There's like hundreds of hundreds of employees there, and I think like something like a third of the people there have taken advantage of it. I guess yeah, they can it remove it. Ooh. I know. Fucking uh, weird, though. Also in 2029, artificial intelligences claim to be conscious and openly petition for recognition of this fact. He thinks we will not only have advanced AI, but that it will realize that it is sentient and require legislation. I mean, everyone who, everyone who's talking about AI now, today... Except for Mark Zuckerberg, who's also running for president, and fuck that, go home. (laughs) Is saying, legislate this shit, like, Mm -hmm. ASAP. And lastly, the manufacturing, agricultural, and transportation sectors of the economy will be almost entirely automated. Which sectors? Manufacturing. Okay. Where I would say we're already there. Close. Agricultural. And transportation. 12 years from now? They're all starting. They're not there. We're definitely on that path, though. Uh... Conrad, three laws. Go for it. Yeah, just as a reminder, uh, one, a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Two, a robot must obey orders given it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with law one. And three, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such predic- protection does not conflict with law one or law two. Yeah, and for all you listeners, if you have not read... Isaac Asimov's I, Robot. It's much, much better than that terrible Will Smith movie. Don't call that shit terrible, bro. That was not a good movie. I'm going to speak for yourself. All right, fair enough. (laughs) Different opinions here on the What If Podcast. Conrad's views do not represent those of the What If Podcast. (laughs) I am just a guest. And and my view is only that I have seen I, Robot, which is fucking tight. But in the book, they go into situations where those three laws go wrong, and it's very interesting. Isn't it, didn't he write, he wrote both the book and. He didn't write the screenplay, I don't think. No, 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 not the screenplay, but I'm saying he wrote his own laws and then wrote a book about when his laws may Those laws become are from, from the book. Are from iRobot, yeah. yeah. That's where those come and from. And it's basically, it's like when robots get in certain situations where those laws are challenged and how they resolved it. Is it a fiction book of like a, like a narrative similar to the movie? Or it's like is short it a, stories. It's like. Okay. Like there's one, I'm, I'm not going to. Non-fiction. I mean nonfiction. Futuristic nonfiction. <laughs> I mean nonfiction in the way that Kurzweil's book is nonfiction in that it's just him talking and like non-fi. No, it's and like projecting things. It's like one's new like fraternity sci non-fi. One's like this robot is on this like mining colony and <laughs> fuck you. It gets in this situation where it has to like try to save this girl, but in the would also kill somebody else in the process. Oh, and I so see. like it's okay. like how it deals with that like, situation. It's like it's like morals and ethics, but exactly. But to, but know. also with the. The added like variable of the robotic laws. I can see that. All right, couple more. You got more what? 
Kurzweil predictions. Oh, we're still. I thought we. Okay, go ahead. He go goes ahead. till 2099. You guys start talking about iRobot. All right, man. I'm ready. Uh, 2030s. Mind uploading becomes successful and humans become software based. Yikes. Just, 30s, humans become software based. Meaning we'll just entirely upload our brains to a computer. We'll be like low key retiring around that time, being right. like, all right, I'm going to retire into my computer program. Into my. Out of my meat form and into my bot form. Yeah. Uh, brain nanobots are now capable of eliciting emotional responses from users. And he thinks this is all going to be just fucking grand. Woof. Uh, 2040s, people spend most of their time in full immersion VR. And non-biological intelligence is now billions of times more capable than biological intelligence. 2045 is the singularity, according to Sweet. Kurzweil. Right. So we, we will all so most likely years? make it. It's 45, yeah, 25 years, 27 years. And uh, he defines that as when AI surpasses human beings as the smartest and most capable life form on our planet. Good for them. Uh, he goes past that. 2049, <laughs> the distinction between virtual reality and real reality becomes blurred. He says, likely due to, quote, foglets, which are tiny self-assembling robots. Ew. Meaning that nanobots will be able to reproduce versions of themselves. I feel like not the foglet part of things, but like we joked about this on the last episode, but the whole like 2K18, how how much closer is that going to get to real before we're tricking people into thinking they're watching basketball? You know what I mean? Like, right. I know that's different than VR, but I'm just trying to say that like our our graphics qualities are getting so much faster, right. so much more quickly. Take it 30 years in the future. And the other thing about it, too, that Well, that's, we, that's the whole point of all this, is that it's exponential, too. Right. And I think, too, we look at a lot of these predictions, these future predictions, through a commercial application, where it's like, when is this available as a thing I can go to fucking Best Buy and buy for $400? Versus, like, what is the 30 or 50 or $40 million fucking, like, studio that does this? And like, if I were to walk in there, would they be able to trick me? Because to me, that's right. like, that's the tip of the spear, you know? And I think the tip of the spear is the most, like, uh, the most um, salient part to his predictions is like, right. can it be done? Not, can Not everyone it have come, it right now? When does it become commercially viable? Right. But is but it like, happening somewhere? Could you walk some asshole into a warehouse wearing VR goggles and trick them into thinking they're in the Amazon forest? Like... We can't be that far away right now. Well, uh, want, we can't be. Goggles would be a key component. The yeah. holodeck, man. <laughs> right. Coming soon. But he's Star he's saying, Trek reference. He's saying <laughs> number number ninety seven of the episode. He's saying even beyond that, like you won't know. It'd be like not knowing if you're awake or asleep, if you're dreaming or if you're experiencing life. Mm. Like there just won't be a distinction anymore. Literally blurring that line yeah. in the real world. Cool. And then his last prediction was cool. in two thousand and ninety nine. <laughs> So what is, what is that? Eighty two years from now, mm -hmm. uh, artificial intelligences will create super powerful planet sized computers throughout our universe. Oof. Because I guess again, due to them being able to self replicate and faster and faster rates and mm -hmm. instantly share information amongst all of them, it'd be a lot colder out there. Right? They don't. They don't need computer cooling, man. Just go to space. Right. Well, depending on where you are in space. There's a, I want to do a quick plug. If, uh, if any of you are interested in these types of things and like scenarios, there's a very interesting book called, uh, Pandora's star by Peter F. Hamilton that addresses many of these issues 
it's a it's science fiction, but it's uh, basically talks about how humanity is able to travel from planet to planet using black holes, and how the there's this intelligence, this artificial intelligence called the SI that is able to interact with humans, and just a really, in my opinion, very good description of what it could possibly look like based off of like what Ray Kurzweil is talking about here. Mm. It's one of my favorite books. It's truly amazing, and I recommend everybody read it. Cool. What was the name of that one more time? Pandora Star by Peter F. Hamilton. Sweet. Cool. We'll put that in so, the show notes. If he's historically been accurate to about 80 to 86, according to him, percent with his predictions, if 80% of that shit comes true, shit's about to get We are real, living in a weird, very different universe. I guess, yeah. My, I think the thing for me that complicates things a little bit is I feel like the further we get down that path, the further things complicate themselves. The more variance there is in yeah, all of this because I, things are happening faster. and Right. Yeah. And and can deviate. Because they're moving faster, they can deviate more quickly and more yeah. times. Yeah. For sure. And then, and then, and that's not to take anything away. Obviously, fucking raise a genius. I mean. Shit, I mean, pick one thing off this list and it would be crazy. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I feel that way in our universe often. That I go, can you can you fucking believe we can do this thing? Like, how crazy is it that I can pull my phone out and a car comes and gets me and takes me somewhere? Like, that would be mind blowing to people seventy five years ago. That that's or a reality. That I mean, that we can record ourselves bullshitting in <laughs> my spare bedroom. And then tomorrow, some guy in the Ukrainian army is going to be able to listen to it. Shout out, Graham. What's up, Graham? And, th- and then send us a letter about it the next day. Right. Um, yeah, man. No, for cool. real, though. That's a real thing that happens, <laughs> no, by the way. that's a real story. Salute, What's up, Graham. Graham? Graham, uh, Graham, we're excited to do teas with you, man. I don't know if we have permission to, to share his his DM with us. We Let's not do that right now, but let's just say, hey, Graham, uh... Thank you for rocking with us, and we're super, super excited about, uh, if, if y'all listened to episode, I think it was the Missing 411 episode. It was. We, we, we cracked some jokes about Robot Grandma being a thing and being a really great band name, and uh, <laughs> and and Grim is going to make us uh, some Robot Grandma t-shirts that we're going to uh, we're gonna try to sell on the whatifpodcast.com, so Grim's a super dope designer, and um, yeah, well, more to come on that soon. We, cool. We won't go too far on that, but. Uh, we're kind of at that time where Speaking we should maybe stop. Going too far, yeah. We 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 should probably we should probably tie things off. Right. Um, yeah, man. Robots are coming, bro. The future's we're weird. We're gonna live all over the universe in our robot forms. I I listen to more Ray Kurzweil's than I listen to the Woo Woo's, man. Yeah, I mean he's got a track record at least. Fucking Billy Meyer just has a bunch of trash cans that he takes pictures <laughs> of. I think anything that's based in something it, to me seems. More reliable. Weird. I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> I think more most like people you're saying. Agree with that. Well, I agree with you. I'm just saying <laughs> we're far enough now too, like that. So many of these things are happening that, like, the people that are quacks, like, it's so obvious that they are wrong now. You right. know, like, you can't just make stuff up, and like, there's too much information. That's right. a re- that's actually a really good point. That I don't think, as I was trying to take in all of the concepts of future prediction into one, it is that a lot of that stuff has fallen away because it's so much harder to bullshit people these days. We have the ability to fact check. Yeah, right. Although, 
that gets complicated sometimes too. A little bit. And, and it, it, I think it especially complicates when you talk about people's personal experiences because people can manufacture things about your personal experience in an emotional and intellectual way that you can you can internalize in a way that isn't necessarily like, you know. Not, a, not everything is objective and cut and dry. Right. Yeah. You're going to feel this way soon or someone's going to come into your life and that's much more like specific and closed off. But from the broader perspective, the people that are really making the big shakes are the people I feel like who have. Yeah. I mean, at this point too, we're like on their side. things that like seemed completely unmanageable, even like 50 years ago. Now seem pretty plausible. Yeah, like you know, it's like for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean and by the whole like being blown away by stuff. That, yeah, it's like we're it's not. Like, I'm not blown away by many things anymore. That's what also fascinates me about this whole exercise of trying to predict what's going to happen in the future. There mm-hmm. are always going to be those few things that no one really saw coming. Yeah, yeah. There's no way to predict out, especially when we get thousands of years out. Right. You have no one has any idea what the world is going to look like. Right. We don't even know if there will be human beings. We hope we're all still here. Well, we're not going to be, no matter what. I want to transcend, dude. I'm trying to transcend. Unless Ray is correct, and then I guess maybe we will be. And then we'll be hanging out in computer cubes next to each other. Yep. Um, Conrad, thanks for joining us, man. Anything you want to plug or talk about before we bring things to a close today? Oh, man, put me on the spot. Well? Uh... I produce a podcast called Back to Back with Willie Joy. Hey. If you're unfamiliar with Willie Joy, he is a legend in the DJ dance music industry. And every week he interviews interesting people within the dance music sphere. People like Diplo, Floster Domus, Cruella, you name it. We have them on the show and we ask them interesting questions in a way like you've never seen before. So just type it in, the podcast store, or any of your favorite podcast app. Back to back with Willie Joy. Oh, wow. Send us a message at hi at podcast.com if you want to make fun of us or tell us you love us or give us show suggestions. And as always, until next time, uh, be safe. Conrad, thanks for being with us. We'll see you hey, next thanks time. Thanks for having me, boys. All right. Love you. Bye. Everyone was pretty ugly, but it was still a pretty good time. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast. Learn more at www.whatifpodcast.com.